When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. PHLY Eagles podcast on a Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf here in Studio B, sitting next to the hardest working man in sports, Zach Berman. Zach, how are you? I'm doing great. Whenever I see Claire F up there, it makes it makes uh, it makes me feel appreciated. Uh, it's it's always nice to see Claire's a loyal listener and viewer. But doing great. Excited for the show. Always early, Claire. Always yeah. here on time. Ticket to my heart, right there. Keep it. I mean. You still have a wife. Keep it down. <laughs> no, that's all right. You know. I simply mean being early, being on time. Okay. That's, that's important. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah. We were actually even a little bit early today. Why not? Because we have a special guest. We certainly do. We're going to be joined by Brian Baldinger, close to the top of the show here. So uh, lots to talk with him about. Obviously, the offensive line, a bit of a concern with Lane Johnson going down in that game against the Jets. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about whether... He thinks that Lane has a chance to play this week. He's obviously pretty tied in with Lane, so that will be interesting. Lots to talk about on the defensive side of the ball as well. You and I, Zach, are going to talk uh, later in the show about what are our biggest long-term concerns. We, we sort of touched on yesterday the difference between you know, a game where everything just sort of went wrong versus what were the concerns that you think could carry on over the course of the rest of the season. And I want to hear what you thought of the coordinators today. So uh, lots to get to. How are you? Great. I, I, I'll say this, by the way. I was at the coordinator press conference, a different backdrop. The game notes yes. came in, different color. It is Kelly Green week for the Eagles. They will wear the Kelly Green. I, I'm pointing to this here, this, this banner that we have. You see uh, in the studio, there's, there's different well, behind us here. Uh, Kelly Green will be out in full force. And I'll, I'll say being at, at each game and being on the road, I'm seeing a lot of uh, a lot more Kelly Green no doubt about than it. typical. And someone who knows a lot about Kelly Green, by the way. Somebody who played in the yes. Kelly Green himself, Brian Baldinger. Baldy, how are you? Did you, did you where did the, the Kelly Green rank in your hierarchy of the jerseys you got to wear? Mm, well, I mean, I liked all the teams I played for, right? Kind of saying God bless America every you know Dallas, Indy, Philly. But I mean, when I put the when I put those uh, eagle wings on, I mean that was a special feeling. I think we had one year, maybe '93, Zach. Um, I don't know. It was a commemorative year for some reason. I forget exactly what it was. But I mean, I, we had the eagle patch on the side of our jerseys. Like that was pretty cool wearing the wings. I like that. Um, well, obviously, Baldy. The first thing we want to talk to you about is is Lane Johnson, both. The situation with him moving forward, you can speak, obviously, to, to how tough he is and how hard he's going to want to get back on the field. But I'm also curious about your thoughts on, on Jack Driscoll at right tackle. He's getting a lot of guff. He was put into a, a tough situation. Obviously, it affected the offense. But if he did have to play moving forward, what would be sort of your level of confidence and how could the Eagles compensate for you know, the drop off from Lane? Well, um, I actually... Uh... <laughs> It's kind of fun. I'm announcing a game. I'm, I'm getting texts from Lane, um, you know, from, you know, from the locker room about how things are going, like what's going on out there. What, you know, I mean, he's, he's asking me what's going on during the game. And he said, you know, as he got rolled up, you know, I think DeAndre hit him from behind. He got rolled up. Um, he's about as tough as they come. Um, 
I expect him to be able to go. But I actually, you know, nothing against Jack Driscoll, but I actually thought Fred Johnson was going to be their first choice. He was dressed. And, you know, I mean, I don't know the pecking order on swing tackles or anything like that. I know Jack has played tackle, played guard. But I kind of thought maybe Fred Johnson would have been better. But the thing that was kind of odd about the whole day, honestly, Bo, like I didn't understand the Jets were minus Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Eccles. And so they came out throwing the football, and they never really ever got into a rhythm running it. And I'm not here to defend Jack Driscoll, but Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson are elite pass rushers. They've been tough on Lane Johnson, to be honest with you. Lane was worried about both of them. But, you know, I mean, Jack is in a tough spot right there. I mean, it's a pass rush that is fierce, has been. They pressure the quarterback in a variety of ways, a lot of stunts. So it's 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 difficult. But I thought they could have helped him if they ran the ball better, if they actually put somebody over there to kind of help against some of those edge rushers. So the corner wasn't so short for Bryce Huff in some of those throws. So then, you know, as, as you're getting the text from Lane, what do you text back? What did you say? How, how was the game going in your in your eyes? Uh, I told him that um, you're having a hard time putting this team away. You know, uh, they're, they're, they're hanging around. That's never a good thing when they just hang around. And I just, you know, I was kind of, I go like, I basically saying they, they miss him out there. And they did, you know, they, they, they sure. missed you know, the best right tackle in football against one of the best pass rush defensive fronts in football. And, and so if, if, if you do believe he plays this weekend and, and he plays going forward here, he's dealt with ankle injuries before. I, I know all injuries are, are, are different and it might be a, a different ankle, but it's had an effect on him. You, you know that position obviously really well. How do you think he would be out there and, and what effect do you think it, it, it will have not just this weekend, but in the next month, two months going forward here? You know, Zach, it, I remember talking to him this offseason, and I was like, so when was the last sack you gave up? You know, and it was during the pandemic, Cleveland, week 11, uh, Olivier Vernon, who was a pass rusher with the Giants and then Cleveland, and he beat him. And he beat him that day because he couldn't anchor his foot, Zach. Like his ankle just couldn't plant in the ground. And you could see it. Like he went to anchor the way you have to drop the anchor at a certain point, and it just wouldn't hold. You know, and so – that's what he's up against. I don't know if Jalen Phillips is going or Emmanuel Agba or, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle, whoever's out there. Like, can the ankle really brace itself and hold against a power rush or a good pass rusher? And you don't know that. I mean, I don't think he'll probably get a lot of work during the week, but you won't really know how that's going to feel until you're in that predicament. If we can sort of stick on, on Lane for a minute, Bali, since, since you know him so well, Everybody talks about the toughness, you know, playing through that ankle and uh, the, the, the midsection that he had last year. Obviously, he's, he's done it forever. Um, where do you think that, that comes from for him and, like, the, uh, the duty that he feels to his teammates to be on the field? Well, he got, he's got a great allegiance to Jeff Stoutland. I mean, it's the only coach he's ever had, right? He came in, they all came in with Chip Kelly in 2013. So there's an allegiance to the coach. He's the leader, and he takes that responsibility seriously. He, there's no, I mean, there's no um, sugarcoating this at all. He wants to be a Hall of Fame player. So part of that is understanding the history of this game, the toughness that came before him, and he wants to pass that on. A guy, when he had the, the hernia, uh, the double hernia last year, sports hernia, I told him when he, when he got it, I go, dude, like, you can try to will yourself through it. McNabb did. Zach Ertz did. Like, you go through the list of all the guys that had the surgery. I said, it was the hardest thing I ever tried to do. I suited up one game, and I was like, I hope I don't have to play. I hope I never have to go in the game, and I didn't. And then I had to, you know, and that put me on the shelf the last couple of weeks. But I don't know how he did that, honestly. Like, I know, he, I know the treatment and everything he did over at his house and the trainers and all the stuff he did, but that doesn't get that healing. There's... That needs a surgery, needs the mesh. I don't know how he did that. So that level of when, when I when I saw him play through the playoffs with that, I go, that's just a different level of athlete and, and toughness that, that I've been around. When you watched the Eagles offense on, on Sunday and, and you were there and you've seen the film since then, how do you think it affected Jalen, uh, the the changes on the offensive line? Well, I mean, he looked he was looking to run pretty quick, Zach. You know, he was getting out, he was bailing pretty fast. 
you know, and he made some good throws, you know, some, you know, we got one guy holding him off with the arm and finding AJ Brown on third and seven, get rid of the ball. But he's been susceptible to just leaving the pocket early all year, not just in that game, but you know, he, he's not going to stay in there very long. And if lane isn't there and it's not a knock on Jack Driscoll, but he knows who's on the other side. He studied the film all week long and he knows what those guys can do. He was, he was leaving, he was leaving and, trying to extend the play outside the pocket. And they made a couple of plays, but they also missed a lot. Uh, and so it's just a comfort level. I can't tell, nobody can tell Jalen, hey, stay in there and, and do this. Um, but you're going to be better offense. You're going to actually have access to everybody that's out in the route. If you try to beat them from the pocket, you're going to see more. And you're going to hit more plays on timing. They're not hitting enough forward, plays right now, honestly. Zach, they're not hitting enough plays on just rhythm and timing right now. It seems like a very unrhythmic offense at this point. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Now, obviously, spinning things forward, the matchup they're going to have uh, on the other side of the ball, Vic Fangio coming to town. Uh, he knows this team well. The Eagles know him well. How do you sort of see that side of the, of the matchup this week? Well, I mean, they're not playing well on defense. You know, they, they haven't been. I mean, Xavier Howard might be in, might be out, but they, they haven't been – you know, Jalen Phillips have had no impact this season, and I thought he was going to be a breakout player. Uh, Bradley Chubb is just, to me, like it's nothing like what they saw last week. Christian Wilkins is their best defense lineman. You know, Sua Peta, Kelsey, they're going to see a real beast inside. He's a very good player. They play a pretty simple defense. Um, the, the thing that they're good at, they don't give up a lot of big plays. I mean, Javon Holland is an amazing free safety. He's a great tackler. He's got a good feel in the passing game. But I, you know, the idea that, you know, Xavier Howard and Jalen Rams are going to line up, play press coverage and blitz, and like that, you know, that, that hasn't really happened. So um, I think they've got some holes defensively right now that I think that uh, Vic is trying to figure out. On the other side of, of, of the ball there, I, I, ju I just got finished speaking to Sean Desai, and I asked him how to compensate for speed. And he, he mentioned physicality. Uh, this offense, this Dolphins offense, is putting up historic numbers here. What do you expect from that Dolphins defense? What do you expect from, uh, you know, oh, 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 I'm sorry, from that Dolphins offense, from this Eagles defense against them? Well, they, there's probably certain games, like last week, they probably shouldn't watch, you know, watch a former Eagle and Raheem Mostert just, you know, just rip the Carolina Panthers apart. Um, they're going to see more motions, pre-snap motions and shifts than they'll see in any other game. And Mike McDaniel is a, is a master, honestly, Zach. And, you know, when you watch them, all they're trying to do is get you to hesitate and get you to think. Because you're going to see, I saw, I already saw motions from last week I've never seen before, and plays I've never seen run before. So, but I think Sean is right. I think the way you compensate for all the, the the window dressing you're going to see before these plays, and it, it's a ton. And there's for every run, there's a play action pass for it, and off it, and two is a master at hiding the ball, and all that stuff. But physicality is is the compensator for it. If you look at them against the Patriots this year, if you look at them against Buffalo this year, they struggled to get big plays against both those teams. And they tried. They, they, they played zone. They kept the safeties back. They defended the run with what was, you know, the seven-man box or six, whatever they had. And they, they really forced them to play a conservative style. And I think that's what Sean will really lean towards, especially if Slay gets back and Bradbury's in his place and they're still trying to figure out the nickel position. But I, if Jalen Carter gets back, I mean, with the way Josh Sweat, Reddick, Fletch, the way those guys are playing right now, if Jalen comes in there, I think that they could give them a lot of problems up front because they're not a very good offensive line. But they do a lot of interesting things that kind of compensate for it. Baldy, we appreciate the insight as always. What game do you have this weekend? Uh, I'm going to go see the Cleveland Browns in Indianapolis this weekend. Oh, we'll our see guy that, Michael uh, Dunn. Quarterback. Now it's starting quarterback for the rest of the year, I guess. We'll enjoy that. Uh, thank you so much once again, and we'll talk to you next week. Look forward to it, guys. Take care now. 
All right, great insight from Baldy, the man with the line to Lane Johnson. Good, uh, good little bit of a scoop there. I feel like that. Yeah, he's got that's a shot to play. That's going to affect my coverage here. I appreciate hearing that um, because yeah, I, I've I've been hearing that he's going to be trying to play, but Baldy obviously knows Lane well. You know, if he believes Lane's going to play, I'm going to write my story tomorrow with the presumption that Lane's going to be out there, and we'll do our conversation today and Thursday and Friday with the presumption Lane's going to be out there. Perhaps it affects my draft. In a way, Zach, you could say that, that Baldy is sort of a hero to you in the way that you cover the game this week. Yes, I see what you did there. Uh, that's a that's what we call in the business a tease or a transition. No, not a, tease, yeah. a transition. Yeah. Because let me tell you guys something out there. Okay, I'm not pointing in a direction. <laughs> I'm pointing to our our offices here. We had hero bread, hero bread out there, and it was gone right away. That's how popular the hero bread is. If you may not be counting carbs, but you may be looking to get more fiber or protein in your diet, and that's that's why hero bread is uh, is so appealing. The taste and the texture. The bread is soft and fluffy. It's delicious and tasty and flavorful. And, uh, the primary nutritional interest includes high fiber and ultra low net carbs and zero grams of sugar. That's that's good. I'm trying to cut back on my sugar a bit. You know, I'm a sweet tooth, but. I'm trying to be careful. Lean there. into like the actual treats, but then try to eliminate <laughs> the sugar from other parts of your diet. And I think I like give that. yourself the the treat. But yeah, so eat the hero bread, but still eat the chocolate chip cookie. I like that. Exactly. Uh, and you can get 10% off at P, uh, you know at hero.co with with code PHLY. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, tortillas that are available that are available on hero.co and Amazon. And there's fewer calories than the leading national bread, 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Right now, Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. Meanwhile, Zach, things are heating up at the ballpark. I was there last night. Great atmosphere again, Look as you, you could expect. Man. Fantastic. The Bryce Harper home run went like seven rows above, like right above us. I was I really thought I was gonna get to make a play. I was gonna I knew exactly which kid in the section I was gonna give it to, and I already cased the oh. joint. Close. You live well, Bo. I respect that. Uh anyway, the <laughs> Phillies play again tonight. Yeah. And if you need a little bit of extra hooch on the action. That's where DraftKings Sportsbook comes in. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Uh oh. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER <laughs> or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, cdkng.com slash baseball for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions while they apply. You're Fun right, Zach, what are you knocking over? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you knocked out that read. That's right. Uh, fun night last night? Always, absolutely. Yeah, great time. Okay. Jumped right on him. I man, that's, that's, that's awesome that you were there. Man of the people. What was the atmosphere like? I mean, it was pretty much what you saw, yeah. but it was, yeah, it was rabbit. Fantastic. Did you get recognized? No. Surprises me. Great host like you. I, I would typically, I would typically well, expect that. I was wearing a, uh, if I wanted to get recognized, I would have yeah. worn my Zach Berman mask. That's, you're the uh, guy who gets recognized. <laughs> yeah. what, what kind of hat were you wearing? I was not wearing a hat. You weren't wearing a hat. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Weird question, but <laughs> why, why you, you think I got a bald spot? Like I need to cover my head? No, most people at, at Phillies games wear hats, I believe. I don't know that most people are wear hats. I mean, it's like a when you watch tonight, look, look, look behind and see if they're wearing. You think hats. it's over 50%? Over yes. 50% wear hats. Chat, what do you think? Do over 50% of the people wear hats at at, at baseball games? Well, I mean, you got like this kind of lettuce. You gotta let it. You gotta let it flow. Let it loose. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, I'm about to take a shower. And you got the okay. gross hair. You know, it's a softball Monday, and we ended up having to skip the game. So that's dedication right there. Yeah. I was gonna send you a good seats though. Like the the right center field seats. Mm. It it makes you feel a little bit more like you're in the game. Like, oh, because it's over the... Because you get the same view that you would get if you were playing deep in the outfield, right? Mm. Whereas uh, the other the other places in the stadium, it's it's a great viewing experience. But, you know, if, if you're like me and you're just trying to, like, feel the... Yeah. Uh, you know, the feeling of being on the field and playing in a game, it's, it's, it's a nice spot. You know what my favorite spot is? Uh, the press box. The press box, exactly. Yeah, you, you, you put me down there. I got my laptop in front of me. Uh, yep. You got Matt Gelb there. Got in Matt Gelb uh, there. Viewing Tyler the Kepner. Yeah, uh, man, that, that, that sounds, that's the most appealing place to me. Yeah, I heard from a lot of, like, big J journos who were disappointed not to make your, your Mount Rushmore that you had with... Greg Bishop and Seth Wickersham, you know. Who, who chimed in? Oh, everybody. You know, Connor Orr is texting. No, not mm. really, but I, I imagine I, that he I, was upset. I like um, Connor, but. I imagine, mm. you know, Gelb was pissed. Okay. Um, I think uh, Jeff McClain was probably pretty angry. Uh, not he, happy with you. Look, uh, I got to be. Peter King was angry. Well, 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 Peter King's up there, too. Um, yeah, lots of people. Barry's Faluga. You made, you made a lot of enemies. I mean, I was answering your question directly. I was going to send you a screenshot last night from my fantasy basketball auction. Oh. Of, How'd you uh, do? There was one point late in the draft when I had $79, and the next closest was 34 Oh, gosh. <laughs> and how did you end up spending that? Who did you overpay for with that extra money? Jared Allen. Who's a good, good person to overpay for? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> what? Jared Allen's a good person to overpay for. You saved all that money for no, Jared Allen? No, I didn't save it all for, for Jared Allen. My, my this is exa- you knew exactly your weak I spot, knew, and you I, just, you just yeah. walked right into it? I kept, Again? I kept bidding for Luca, but I had a number. I kept bidding for Anthony Edwards, but I had a number. Yeah, but you got to be willing to go over your number. If so you you got to read the... So my highest price guy, I went over my number for, for, for Devin Booker. Okay, which I felt good about. Okay. Okay. But then I also ended up with Bradley Beal because he went below market. So now I got both those guys. Which, okay. Okay. Um, heavily indexed on the Suns, which is a good team to be heavily indexed on. Uh, also heavily indexed. Bradley Beal's on the Suns now. <laughs> you got to start watching our NBA show. That's interesting. <laughs> yes. There's Kyle Newbeck and Derek Bodner walking yeah. by as, as, as we speak. That's the great thing about PHLY is like, you know, you got, you got big, time, big time reporters walking mm. through here all the time. That's that's absolutely true. Including Bo Wolf. Yeah. Um, all right, Zach. Tell me what you learned from Sean Desai, yeah. Brian Johnson, and Michael Clay this afternoon. So I asked Sean Desai about the, the linebacker rotation, and he said that they have a bunch of guys who can play. He said it's going to be on a, on a game by game, matchup by ma- by matchup basis. Didn't totally commit to to like he was asked as a follow up question by by Ruben Frank if. When when Nicobe Dean gets his sea legs under him, if Dean's gonna be out there for all the snaps, and he said it'll, it'll be a, a game by game basis, so so we'll see there. Similar response to the Eli Ricks uh, shuffling there with Josh Job said that they're they're trying to play a lot of guys. Uh, is there is there a why for that? He just said that that they. That they want to mix and match. It's, he, he compared it to what they do with the defensive line, but that's not what they do. With them. I mean, it's right. fundamentally different, the back seven, compared to the front four. Uh, but I guess my question is, is it, is it in search of finding yeah. a permanent answer, or is it just we like, the, we like the rotation because they give different things? He was coy about that. Okay. He, he said you know, that, that they give different things, that they, that they want to play. A lot of guys uh, noted as far as – the Dolphins, what we all know, like this, the speed, the explosiveness. So I asked him, as I mentioned to Baldy, I said, like, this, this might seem like a simplistic question, but how do you compensate for a mismatch in speed? And he said he didn't want to call it a mismatch, but, like, speed, we can time it, you know. I mean, like, literally, like, if you look at NFL next-gen stats, yeah, yeah, 
they got all the now they don't have they don't have the FNA chain this week, but they have the fastest guys. They have the fastest offense in the league. And he mentioned physicality. He he, he said physicalities how you match up against speed, and that's kind of been that way uh, throughout his You want to be, want to be palpable. Well, he said that in the, in the past. But Baldy made a good reference to the Bills game, to the Patriots game, and I imagine that film is going to be shown, is, is, is going to be shown this week. Uh, as far as Brian Johnson went, he didn't necessarily think that, like, Jalen was quick to get out of the pocket or was, or was backpedaling too much. Um, now he was kind of defending his quarterback. He talked about Jalen's competitiveness, how, how, how Jalen's motivated this week. Everyone is. He mentioned as far as the pass run split that some of their passes are extensions of runs, which is similar answer to how Nick Sirianni has framed it. Uh, spoke about the confidence that they have in Jack, Jis- in Jack Driscoll from playing in 2021 in a bit last year. Uh, but gave the qualifier that they always give about Lane Johnson, that this is the best tackle in the league and that you obviously miss something when he's out there. Said everyone in that building has plays that, that, that they want to have back here. Uh, you know, I asked him about the, jet, the final interception, what the tape showed, didn't really give too much there. Uh, with Michael Clay, he said Jake Elliott was as surprised as anyone with the miss. Uh, now, I asked Michael Clay for his best Mike McDaniel story because they work together in San Francisco. And good line of questioning, good classic Zach there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, I, I am going to have some features coming out in the, in, the, in the next few weeks, which I'm excited for, but I do like these Eagles insights um, because I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a way to kind of knock on a, a hit on a few topics. So make sure you check that out on allphly.com. And I try to give some original thoughts and information in there. Uh, so the, uh, he, he said him and McDaniel were, um, you know, spoke a lot when they were in, in San Francisco. McDaniel helped him a lot with kind of blocking schemes. Okay. Uh, he said Mc, Mc, McDaniel has a very quick wit, uh, as, 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 as we've seen, a dry sense of humor. But if, if you understand it, it's, it's hilarious. He would have the French Open on in front of him, and he would call Mike Clay. They, he would call Michael Clay Clay Court. That was his nickname for him from okay. the French Open. A little Roland Garros. Uh, and but he said his favorite memory, and I'm so you might have seen him this night. They went to a common concert together. Why would I have seen you? That was a joke, Bo. Okay. I suppose I have a Mike McDaniel dry sense of humor as well. No, I think Mike McDaniel is funny. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. it's not even like it was in Philly. That's uh, not even like okay. that funny of a joke. Have you ever gone to a common concert? No, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. But also, I wouldn't have been in San Francisco. Okay, I was making reference to you at a common concert. You don't think you think you think the the possibility of me at a common concert is is so far fetched and uh, ridiculous. That I don't think it's so far fetched. I just thought it was a good line to use. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I, th- I thought you would sell it a little more. To be honest with you, I don't. There was nothing to sell. I thought, oh, you know the the, <laughs> the fake laugh they, that you give when you interview athletes. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I keep it real with the audience. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, they went to a common concert together. He okay. said that was his best memory with Mike McDaniel. So I'll make sure that gets into the Eagles' insight. Yeah, better. <laughs> yes. That's, I, I like to humanize these guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading the story to see if you sneak in a uh, Bo Wolf was there. <laughs> Bo Wolf was not there because it was in San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What's your favorite common song? Um, all of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I I'm trying to make a. I was trying to make a, a plan on a play on common as like the the phrase, but nothing came gotcha. to mind. So uh, can I uh, the, the so regular word? I'll give a self-deprecating uh, thing here. Self-deprecating. Okay. Thing. Okay. Um, and this is gonna this is gonna sound bad, but this is <laughs> okay. <laughs> or not bad, embarrassing. Okay. Okay. I already started, so I gotta roll with it, right? Uh, I was on TV in Washington. Uh, we did Washington Post Live when I worked down there. And it was when flex. Thank you. Yeah, a little bit of a flex. And it was the it was when Michael Jackson died. Okay. And we had to uh, answer our favorite Michael. We had to give our favorite Michael Jackson songs. Oh no. And I'm not a music guy. Okay. Um, so All I had said, to do was name a Michael Jackson song. So I said, I said, you can just pick. Like I said to the producer, you can just like pick 
your top three or, or, or whatever, okay? And so I thought the graphic was going to come on the screen when they pitched to me later in the show, and the host pitched to me, and I just froze <laughs> like and I was like well you know there's so many to choose from and I really had a hard time here and that's why and I'm like you know as you see on this graphic and then they put up the graphic but I I didn't have a Michael oh, Jackson you ended up saving it though that's not yeah, that but bad I, I didn't have a Michael Jackson song at the tip of my tongue that's okay I mean it's funny but yeah, yeah. okay that's okay well you, you are who you are <laughs> and that's why we love you yeah all right uh shout out to our chief medical correspondent, Sanjay, who is the one who uh, originally passed along the Throckmorton effect to us all those years ago, tells us uh, from yesterday's show, the opposite of lateral is medial. Ah, lateral okay. is outside in medical terminology. Medial is inside. Think about the LCL and the MCL of the knee. I love that we have a, a medical correspondent for the show. That is awesome. Yeah. So big, big pickup from Sanjay there. Um, in terms of the And thank you for watching and following, Sanjay. Yes, thank you. Um, in terms of what you were talking about from Brian Johnson, the leaving the pocket stuff or just rewatching the the end of that game and, and the two you know final possessions that that crushed the Eagles, it did look to me just from rewatching it that like Hertz's footwork got a little bit sloppy um, mm -hmm. and a little bit lazy on those plays, like the interception. Yes. He's, he's drifting away. He's thrown off his back foot. That's not really the way that he was playing through the first three and a half quarters of the game. I thought that he could have, you know, we've, we've talked about the Tony Adams part of it. Um, I, I thought A.J. Brown was coming open, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm surprised he didn't go there, but he wasn't really in a position to step into the throw because of the way that he was sort of drifting yeah. back there. And then on the final play of the game, I do think that Devontae Smith had a, had a step. And if he had stepped into the throw and thrown it, you know, a half second earlier, I think there was a play to be made there. And it was it, it could have it would have been single coverage at that point. So you like that decision? I, I don't know that I love the decision. It didn't look to me like there was an, an obvious better answer. Um, and so given the play call, I think I think it was a fine decision to throw there. I just think he threw it late. And you agree with with Baldy that Jalen was was quick to move. I thought that for most of this game, Jalen was moving when he needed to move. And I thought he was doing a really good job when moving, keeping his eyes downfield, made a lot of throws on the run. You know, the, the Devontae Smith drop, one of them. What are you smiling at? <laughs> I'm reading the comments here, yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 yeah, this last one says, get Emily says on the, the show to ask her how often Zach makes her laugh. Is that, are, are you saying I'm not funny? Uh, are, are you saying my I jokes don't land? I also see the lighting isn't doing the back of Bo's uh, lettuce any favor. <laughs> but, man, I, I got to tell you, Kerr Maman, am I pronouncing it correctly? That I do make Emily laugh. Bo just doesn't sell my jokes. But go on. Well, maybe Emily's just selling them. <laughs> maybe she's selling them. That's yeah. true. Uh, the chat uh, says that uh, there's a poll. Nice job by Bree. Oh, do you wear a hat or not? And 76% uh, say yes. But the chat is also saying... You're absolutely insane to say that more than 50% of the crowd is wearing a hat. Bree's wearing a, her Phillies hat right now, by the way. Yeah, Bree's got a strong Bree. hat game. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm going to count tonight when I watch. Behind, I mean, it's a small sample size yeah, that, behind I mean, home plate. Oh, just behind home plate? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Just I actually plate. feel like the behind home plate is even less likely to be wearing hats because that's the... You know, the upper crust, uh, the people who are affording seats right behind home plate for a playoff game. That's, you know, too... Everyone wears hats. I don't know that everybody mm -hmm. wears hats. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk, Zach, before we get to our uh, discussion of the, the long-term concerns here. Let's talk about game time, because once again, if you're looking and hoping that somebody has to sell some tickets, the price is dropping for tonight, well... Game time is the place to go. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Lots of good stuff. Flash deals and last minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all that good stuff. Get the images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. 
Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Good job. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, we want to just sort of take a step back. What are the things that we're actually, you know, really concerned about for this Eagles team? Yeah. Do it in a draft style, but we're not really, you know, drafting against each other. This is just a mechanism for the conversation. Uh, why don't you why don't you go first? You tell me what for the five and one Eagles as they enter the uh, second two thirds of the season, what are what is your number one concern about the team? Well, this might be cheating, but it's the schedule for me. Okay. It's that and I say that because I don't think the Eagles are this juggernaut right now that they were last year. And I think that this schedule is really intimidating. There are high-level quarterbacks that they're playing. There are high-level teams that they're playing. I don't think this is cheating, by the way. Okay. Uh, so so my, my biggest – like, they don't play a team with a losing record at the moment until Christmas night, until the Giants on Christmas night. Washington's 500, so that's uh, – and then Dallas is 4-2 is and two right now, right? Uh, so – yeah, then you got the Bills in there. You got Dallas twice, the Bills, San Francisco, Kansas City, Miami. Uh, Seattle. S- yeah, Seattle. So the the biggest concern for me is that it's going to be hard to build up wins. And that, let's say, during this stretch, they go 4-4. Four and four. That's still a very respectable record. But if you're 9-5, and five, um, you're not in really a driver's seat at that point to home field advantage presumably, unless there's just so much parity, right? And those last three games are soft, so maybe they can take advantage of those. But I, I definitely think that the schedule is the biggest issue right now. Yeah, and I think that goes to, you know, the, the lament of the loss of the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. You need to stack these wins. And I, I, I think it's unlikely that they're going to be the number one seed, right? Uh, I don't think that they are, like you said, as, as much uh, of world beaters as, as they were at this point last season. Now, maybe the schedule was part of that last year, but there's no doubt that the fact that they've got to play all of these good teams, mm-hmm. like they're not going to go eight. No. Um, and so, yeah, it's tough. Like the, the Niners have a pretty easy schedule. The lions now who are the other team that's tied at, at five and one, they have a pretty easy schedule as well. So you're not, you're not writing it off, but um, I think it maybe changes the way that you have to like calibrate your uh, decision making. Whereas mm-hmm. instead of, I think there's going to come to a point where it's going to become clear that they're not going to be the number one seed and they need to make their decisions based on how can we be at our full strength for the playoffs. That's a good point. And you can't say this is like a first place schedule. The only really tough game here that came from being the first place team was Kansas City, right? Because there are really three variable games and, and, and one was Tampa Bay, first place team last year who's not um, an elite team. Uh, Minnesota, a first place team last year. The Eagles handled them. Uh, but then the other one's Kansas City, and that's that's a real tough one. So as a follow-up to what up to what your point was, do you think they they reach a point in December where they start to say, okay, we're not going to have a first-round buy, so let's start managing snaps here. Let's let's. I guess it depends what Dallas's record is. You want a home field game, so you want to win your division. Uh, you got to see where 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 you lock in, but. I guess we'll have a lot of time in December to discuss yeah, that. I don't, yeah, I don't, you know, yeah. and, and it's hard to get out of the, sure. um, like, myopia of being in the yep. week exactly. of the game. But I, I think that we're going to probably have that conversation sometime yep. in December. Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, it, it's along the lines of schedule and it's something that they don't really have the full control over. But, I mean, I think it's fair to say that my, my other top concern right now is the mounting injuries. Hmm. Um, this is... You know, not a, not a fun thing uh, to predict or to talk about, but it's something that we all pointed to. And Howie Roseman said in the spring, like he would be naive not to expect that they're going to get hit by injuries this season after how healthy they were last year. Lane Johnson's going to try to play through this ankle injury. That's great. They've already lost Cam Jurgens for some time. They've lost Justin Evans for some time. It sounds like Reed Blankenship is going to miss a little bit of time. 
Um, the secondary, it's going to be seven games, seven different secondaries, right? Um, I think we'll see what the Eagles do to address the secondary. Yeah. I think probably the offensive line is a slightly bigger concern to me just because I think they need to be a top five offense in order for them to be who they want to be, whereas I think they can sort of get by with a patchwork secondary to some degree. But just knowing that it's only been a third of the season and they've been hit this hard and it's unlikely that, you know, those injuries are going to stop. So you yeah. can sort of hold, cross your fingers and, and hope that they don't come to some of the most important players. That's a good point. And it, it's especially crippling, pun intended, I suppose, when it's, it's concentrated at a particular position, right? Sometimes you have injuries that are scattered other times. And you saw this, by the way, in 2020 when things went bad for the Eagles, when it was concentrated to the offensive line. And they're not at that point yet if Lane's okay, but Lane's going to be Im Im important to watch. So I, I really think that's a good one there. Okay. Let's uh, go to you. So building off, off that, but, but separately, even at full strength, my concern – well, you're not going to have full strength with Avante Maddox right now, so let's in include that. But even if some of these short-term injuries recover, uh, the middle of the field in the secondary is a concern for me. Okay. okay? So the safeties and slot corner uh, is, is a concern. Linebackers too? Or, or Yeah, let's throw linebackers in there. Let's, let's throw linebackers in there. But we, we, we knew that was a question going into the year. I give Reed Blankenship a lot of credit. He's been playing well, like we discussed on yesterday's show. He's been playing show. great. Uh, Sidney Brown, I thought, was going to be more of an answer than he's been. I know he's dealing with an injury, but there's a, there's a question in the, in the chat. Do the Eagles trade for a safety? You know, uh, it's from Nick Spicer. Should we be looking to trade for some safety help? Spicy Nick. My answer is yes, they should. That's the position that I would address. Uh, I think that they got high-level play last year from Marcus Epps and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and they're missing that this year. And give Blankenship credit. But next to him, unless Sidney Brown provides that answer, Justin Evans has been in and out of the lineup here, and he's, he's been okay, but I don't think he's, he's a really strong solution at that spot. I, I viewed him as a placeholder for Sidney Brown. So the big question then is Sidney Brown, but I think that is a spot whether – now Jeremy Chin's a different type of player. Uh, I know you'll, you'll hear Justin Simmons' name with the Broncos – Kyle Duggar with the Patriots, perhaps. Jordan Fuller with the Rams on the Jordan, final year. Okay, deal, yeah. Potentially. So we'll have a show where we look at some of these options, right? If if the Eagles don't make a trade today, it's unlikely to happen for this this week. Tuesday is typically the trade day uh, in the NFL. So the trade deadline is at the end of the month. Here, uh, we'll have two weeks to look hard at that, but. I really think that the second that that the middle of the secondary and let's throw a linebacker in there too, but the middle of the secondary in particular is the concern for me. And I think it's complicated and exacerbated by the schedule that you already talked about because, mm -hmm. you know, against the Jets it's one thing, but against the Dolphins and against the Chiefs and against the Cowboys and against the Bills and against the uh, Niners, like those guys are going to be put in difficult spots. I think. I think the Eagles would probably like to see Sidney Brown play a game as a starter mm -hmm. so that they can determine whether, if healthy, Sidney Brown and Reed Blankenship is a good enough pairing to, to feel good about, right? And in terms of informing like what they're willing to give up, uh, the prices they're willing to pay, I think it's important that Sidney Brown gets on the field this week. Beyond that, I, I think you're right. I think, I, I think this is the... Uh, whether it is a safety or a nickel, because who, who knows about Bradley Roby at this sure. point, I think, I think that is the place where I would expect the Eagles to be willing to pay for somebody. Well said. Agreed. All right. Uh, now, I'm going to say just in general, the passing game, um, and it, it's, it doesn't, like the numbers don't really bear this out. Like the offense is still very good by the numbers. They're fourth in success rate, sixth in EPA per drive, seventh in DVOA. I think, they, I think they need to be a little bit better, and it's hard to put my finger on exactly uh, what is bothering me, but, you know, uh, Devontae Smith not being super involved the last couple of weeks, I thought that, that uh, in addition to the drop, it was like not a, not a great game for Devontae uh, on Sunday against the Jets. Just the, like, the every week balance of, of how are we getting these guys the ball, the struggles of uh, not being able to find quite as many explosive plays, 
Uh, Jalen Hurts sort of seeming like week to week, not quite as comfortable as as he's been. I sort of want to zero it in on Hurts, but I think that Hurts has been playing well. And the thing that I I don't want to make too much of a couple plays, but the fact that a couple times when they have been in the like the guts of the game at the end of the game, he's made two of the worst plays I've ever seen him make: hmm. uh, the fumble against the Patriots and the interception against the Jets. Like those are the are the plays when you're counting on the guy you, you paid to be the highest paid quarterback in football at the time to be the guy, and he's gacking it that badly. Like. You know, it's two plays, but our job is to talk about them, and uh, those those are those are concerns to some degree. That's a good point. And uh, on on my list, and I'm going to adjust from it is is the consistency from Jalen Hurts, and that's because you hit it on the head. Jalen's been good, but has he been elite? Like, is he a top three, top five MVP guy this year? He was number two last year. He had an MVP worthy season. I mean, if not for Patrick Mahomes, he you could make a very strong case for Jalen Hurts as the MVP. So they need uh, more consistency, I think, from a week-to-week basis from Hurts. And I think one of the the lines that I was using throughout the offseason when I was on radio interviews and on our show was that I wasn't as focused on, like, the, the uh, high-water mark. I was focused on the baseline, okay? Classic Zach, line and of thinking. I wanted to see, like, what was Jalen's baseline. And that baseline needed to be so high that every time he's on the field – uh, you're winning the game because of him. And it, it looked that way, by the way, on Sunday before that interception. But, yeah, I, I think the baseline, and we've discussed the running so many times this season, but Jalen is such an electric runner. I would like to see him run more. Okay. Over to you. Last one for you. So I'm not going to use the Jalen consistency, and I'm not going to use the Lane Johnson injury, which was another one that I, I had down. Um, so I guess I would, I would go to the well of kind of the situational football. Ah, uh, that's mine. Okay. Well, so, well, you, know, you can say that. Okay, well. I think we're, I think we're t- talking yeah, about something a little bit yeah, different. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I'm talking about, like, they were so good in the red zone last year, right? They're 23rd this, this season, 45.4%, Okay. Um, they he, even though they scored two touchdowns last week, they, they had those two like give up handoffs yeah. that lost like six and seven yards. It was wild. They, and they put needed themselves an, in terrible position. Yeah, they needed an exceptional run from Jalen. Okay. And a really nice play from and on a nice design on yes. the touchdown to DeAndre Swift. Yes. Uh, so I mean they've been really. But good. even the touchdown, the first one, it, it was like uh, the classic. Like, where's the creativity? Because they get to third and goal from the 10, and they just they call back-to-back quarterback draws. Like, this is all we've got. And it ended up working by, by like, inches, but it was not, not super inspiring. Yeah. Uh, third down offense, they've been really good. They're, they're number one in, in, the, in the league at 50%. But even on, on, on defense, where they've been a good team, they're, they're 25th in the, in the league in red zone defense, 22nd in third down defense. Um, you know, even in, in spots like turnover differential, I mean, a four turnover game uh, hurts you there, but they're tied for 17th in the, in the, in the league. They're minus one. Like areas where, where they were really good last year, uh, kind of, you know, situational type things, they are not there this year. So you could look at it almost like a progression to the mean, uh, or you can say that they haven't hit their stride yet, but that is certainly something I'll be watching. And now for me, it's a little bit more of the coaching aspect to this. Um, the situational stuff that we've talked about, um, the like a reading game situation. Uh, we didn't talk about this, Zach. What did you make of the, the giving up the touchdown against the Jets at the end of that game after the turnover? So I liked it, and I thought they did it. Now, Nick Sirianni said yesterday he didn't want to say whether they did or, they, or not. It certainly looked like they did. Yeah, uh, I mean, they definitely did. There's, there's a... Well, I don't want to speak over you here, but there's a school of thought that you play defense there, you use your timeouts, you try to force them to a field goal as opposed to having to drive to the feet. I think this one was less obvious. Um, And I do think that there's probably a case that Sirianni was um, influenced by the Super Bowl. Interesting. I don't don't think that it was uh, an obvious decision either way. It was the choice that he made, but they had two timeouts. It was like what, you know, it was like one... No, no, it was the, the play was the first play, the, the two-minute two warning. So it was like 150 left, right? If you get two run stops, you call your timeouts, you get another run stop, you're getting the ball back, and all you need is a field goal mm. instead of needing a touchdown um, with probably like 120 left, 110 left. Um, I think you can make a case for that. You, there's a chance you get a fumble. Now there's also a chance that 
the Jets pass the ball, you commit a penalty in the end zone, and then the game is over, right? Because uh, the, they can just kick the field goal at the, at the last second. So I don't... What I, would you have done? In the moment, I was thinking I would have given up the touchdown. When I thought about it more, I, wasn't, uh, I didn't think it was so clear. I know that uh, Defop Deniz has said it was a mistake to give up the touchdown. Hmm. I like, I I like Defop Deniz's is analysis. Professor Selman, I, I like to give him due credit. So you're not going to continue to pick the fight with, with Deniz, although you are going to stick to the one with Coach Flynn. Not picking any fight there at all. Uh, and respect the heck out of Coach Flynn. Coach Flynn, I want to have him on soon, talk, talk wide receivers. I mean, he knows more than just wide receivers. I, I, mean, I want to have him on talk football, yeah. Okay. By uh, the way, his guy, his guy caught the touchdown. Andre Yoshivas. Respect that. Yossi, Yossi Vash. Yeah. Do you want me to take the next read, or, or do you Yeah, want go it? for it. All right, terrific. Always, always, always like uh, thanking our, our uh, or shouting out the, our proud advertisers here, because um, FOCO is awesome. You can look behind me here and see some of the FOCO merchandise. Uh, I, I see everywhere I turn. I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram, Z underscore Berman, okay? Nice plug. And I see all these, these photos of people in overalls, and you know where they're getting them? They're getting from, from them from FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags. I'm sure Bo saw a lot of those last night at the Phillies game. Everything you need for a game, FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our backs for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. Any further thoughts from you on uh, the Jets-Eagles game? Anything that you saw on a rewatch that popped to mind or, or anything before we put that game to bed and move on to the Dolphins? No, I, I, think, I think that game's been put to bed here. The, you know, there was the bad penalty there, too many guys on, on the field. They needed to be a, a little sharper there. Uh, but overall, I... Didn't have some of the hot button issues. I didn't have as much of an issue with. I didn't have an issue with the pass run split because of the secondary you're going against. I didn't have an issue with them throwing the ball on that 39. You, you just want a better play there. I thought Jack Driscoll was not good uh, in that game. I, I don't know if it was. I, I thought Driscoll played well earlier in his career, but like you said, hasn't had the strongest summer. Uh, and I thought elsewhere on the team, I, I really liked the way that the, the defensive front played. Milton Williams popped when I watched the film. Jordan uh, Davis, too. Jordan Davis, too. Uh, but, yeah, the, the safeties are a question mark right now. So, so we'll see. I think on Jordan Davis, uh, you know, it's the nature of um, talking about the team five days a week. But uh, if you take a step back, he's had six games this season. I think he's been awesome in three of them. And it's, like, somewhat invisible in the other three. But... You know, would you would you take Jordan Davis being a monster in half the games? I think so. So it was nice to see that, that he could get back to that level. I thought he was really good in this game. Agreed. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, to me, I mm. talked about it yesterday, the play he made on the Dallas Goddard interception. I was not a big Jermaine Johnson guy coming out. I little, was. A little boy, bit older. Your boy got that right. I mean, you're like everyone who gets drafted in the first round. <laughs> you're not allowed to just take credit for it because... Go back like, and read our mock drafts. I, I, I was... Speaking highly, he's of one of the, I, he's one of my favorite players that I've watched against the Eagles. This I liked season. him at the Senior been, Bowl. He's that been year. really good. Yeah, you and I were at that Senior Bowl together. That's right. Um, we'll have fun at the Senior Bowl this year too. I hope so. Mm -hmm. uh, those are those are my main takeaways. I still I remain uh, thinking that Reed Blankenship, of course, is one of the core four. Um, speaking of really calling something, uh, he's True. been fantastic. So when you watch Jermaine Johnson, think about this: Jermaine Johnson was on the same defense with Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Uh, he doesn't always get associated with Georgia because... Well, he, he couldn't get on the field. Because, yeah, he, he transferred, had a great year at Florida State. But, yeah, J uh, uh, Jermaine Johnson can play. Joe Douglas, there was a clip that we had last week, and I, I, I stand by it. Joe Douglas hasn't hit the offensive line. But that draft that he had to, uh, last year, incredible. Yeah. And you're seeing, you're seeing the dividends being paid right now. I think that's right. All right. Anything else? You got any predictions for the Phillies game tonight? 
I don't have a strong prediction for tonight's game. I, 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 I expected them to win last night in the Battle of the Zacks, which I was watching that show back. You did not sell it at all. I said big big night for Zacks. Both starting pitchers were Zacks, okay? Yeah, but not, not your kind of Zacks. Not a Z-A-C-H. That's true. So but, which do you— But you were just like, okay. Which do you like better? <laughs> Which right, Bree saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were just like, okay. And I'm like, if if both starting pitchers were were were, were called Bo, we would have a three well, hour a more special. Rare name. We would have a three hour special on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you already had the Zach Zach thing with Rosenblatt earlier yes. in the week. You okay, know, you've been but pounding the Zach thing. Star- I said big night for Zach's both starting pitchers. And then I had to. I was worried. Was is, is Zach Wheeler not starting tonight because he didn't sell it at all? So which which do you like better spelling wise, Z A C or Z A C K? Oh, probably Z A C C K. I mean, probably Z A C because there's no K in Zachary. So you're adding a letter that doesn't exist. But some people spell it Zachary. If, if they spell it with the K, then yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. But for a pitcher, you would probably you would prefer the K. I see what you did there. I'll sell that joke. Good work, Bo. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> um, when you say I'll sell that joke, that is that is not selling the joke. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had Merrill Kelly on my fantasy team earlier this year. I traded him for Ian Happ. I gotta say. As someone who has owned, like, several Diamondbacks on my team this year, it is wild to me that not only are they in the NLCS, yes. but, like, Tommy Pham, who I had all year and was just kind of fine, that he's hitting third for the team in the NLCS. Yeah. It's very bizarre to me. Yeah, this Diamondbacks team, they, they don't strike me as a particularly good team. I've had, I've had but, Perdomo, that went, like, yeah. what a wild home run for him to hit last yeah. night. I mean, Corbin uh, Carroll's Gallen. awesome, though. Yeah, Corbin Carroll's great. I think it was more, I, 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 you know, the, the, the Dodgers just sort of gacked it away and were yeah. a shell of themselves. I think the, the Diamondbacks are sort of here by, by happenstance. So how, how can I pick against the Phillies tonight? I mean, they are playing so well. There's something magic in that ballpark right now. I think the only reason to pick against the Phillies would be if you think that, that Nola is going to, you know, stink it up, yeah. poop I, the bed. No, I'm, I'm, picking, I'm picking the Phillies tonight, taking, uh, taking the 2-0 lead to go out to Arizona. I'd like to see you go like full Castellanos button situation on the show one day. Maybe you know in a world, you know, if the Phillies are in the World Series. Okay. I I, I don't want to. Okay. Promise a it sex yet. Appeal. Let's but, get those numbers up. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. I I uh, I am gonna talk. You know, if, if the Phillies are in the World Series, I would love to sit in that press box. And I might, might be sitting in the, in the auxiliary one, but we'll see. But uh, and. You know, write a good Philly story from there. We'll see. I would like to see you do that. Yeah. It would make you happy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I care about. <laughs> Thank you. All right. What uh, Before we get off, Zach, what else is coming up the rest of the week? Uh, so the Eagles are on the practice. Well, actually, it's interesting. They're not on the practice field tomorrow. They're having a, well, they're having a walkthrough tomorrow. They've already moved to the walkthrough schedule, yeah, they're, huh? They're, they're, going through, they're going to the walkthrough. I don't know if that's because they have so many guys injured or if it's just the time of year. We'll find out more from Nick Sirianni regarding that. But they're going to the walkthrough tomorrow, so the injury report's going to be an approximation, okay? And from that approximation, we will uh, get a better sense of some, I don't want to say fringe injuries, but some of these injuries that we don't really have much information about. Fringeries, you might Bradley say. Bradley Roby being one of them. Like, uh, there was a report last night from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that Reed Blankenship x-rays were negative. Um, it certainly sounded, you know, in the conversations I had yesterday that, like, there's there's not major concern here from Blankenship, but we need to see his status. He's usually uh, right on the money, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> we it, you know the uh, the players returning from injuries, Darius Slay, Jalen Carter. We'll see their injury status. So I'm I'm very curious uh, to see that. Speak to Jalen Hurts tomorrow. Big topic this week, and something I'm I was kicking around. Do I write a separate story on on this? Is the Jalen Tua? angle right uh they played against each other in the preseason but they didn't play against each actually jalen didn't play that game so they practiced against each other in the preseason but they play this is their first time playing against each other of course we all know the history there curious what jalen hurts says he addressed it a bit when we were down in miami last year but yeah i'm sure he's not going to really want to talk about it he's not going to rehash that uh but i i can say the eagles uh were now in addition to the qualitative analysis Right, that has, he was a really good player in college at Alabama and at, especially at Oklahoma in terms of his passing. Uh, the Eagles liked the way he responded to adversity when he got benched, you know, and that's that's oftentimes you can learn a lot about someone when they're when they're going through something like that. So uh, that that was a pivotal moment for 
the scouting of Jalen Hurts. Do you think that Nick Sirianni will use as motivation this week the Dolphins uh, canceling that second joint practice last summer? I don't. I, I, I don't actually. Remember when these guys screwed us over <laughs> yes. and we, had, we flew all the way down to Miami and we had to just have a practice by ourselves? Yeah, but they actually liked that facility, number one. And, uh, yeah, nice facility. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, that was. You know what I remember about that practice, that second practice? What? Um, I remember the Eagles had just re signed Josh Blackwell. Was that okay. his name? Yeah, the, from Duke. The, the Duke corner, which uh, popped to me because it was so funny that the Bears claimed him off waivers at the 53 men cut down <laughs> when he had been cut a week prior and cleared waivers, and they didn't think he was worth a roster spot then. But then, like, he must have played the, the, the world's greatest fourth preseason game to have earned that claim. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I did a third preseason game. They only had three of them. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, that's Reed Sinet bombed to Devon Allen in that game. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was funny Allen. in that game how the Jets played all their guys, and so like Tyreek Hill just burned the Eagles' backups at the start of the game. Yeah, against Kayvon Wallace. Yes. Yeah. Um, what I remember from that trip, in addition to quality bonding time with you, uh, was you're always like, you're such like a comfortable guy. You know, in most settings, you're you're very like comfortable and secure. When we went to that steakhouse, you were like very uneasy. I remember yeah, I that because yeah. we were in the team hotel. I had never. I, I was like, "What's going on here, Bo?" Yeah, it was the first time. I, I felt ever... a little thirsty. I thought. What's that? I felt a little thirsty of us. Uh, you don't like the, You don't like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a good steakhouse. I wanted. To I mean, it. it was the best place to go in the area. That's exactly. why we went there. But yeah, exactly. I felt a little. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> a little thirsty. Tales okay. from Miami. Tales from Miami. All right. Tales, I see what you did there. Dolphins have tails. No, I did not do that. Actually, that was not intentional. All right. Well, we've got uh, two more shows this week uh, before the game in which we can talk a lot about uh, the sounds of dolphin sex. We're coming back on Thursday at 1130 and Friday at 230 before the obvious Sunday night game. We'll have a kickoff show and a postgame show then. So we will talk to you Thursday. Thank you to Brian Baldinger for joining us and giving us the scoop on Lane Johnson. For Baldy and Bree and Zach, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. Enjoy the Phillies game tonight. We'll talk to you on Thursday. And as always, we love you.